Good evening and welcome back. Thank you for joining us this evening. We have uh, Bishop Courtney Macbeth joining us tonight with a treat that is going to be. I'm your host, Sherry LeVon Harris for his Will For Your Life podcast. Um, stay tuned and we will bring him back shortly. His will for your life with Cherie Harris. This is your weekly Wednesday 7 p.m. podcast. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29. Informative, hot topic, testimony, interviews, along with your weekly guests and more. And now here's your host. Welcome back. We have Bishop Courtney Macbeth of Calvary Revival Church with us tonight. I am so excited and nervous at the same time. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bishop, how are you? I'm doing great, Terry, and you don't have anything to be nervous about. Just two friends talking about Jesus, so we're, we're good. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're talking about leading while empty. Yes. Um, and so before we go into that, you have such an extensive bio um, that I could not read it all. So I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, just to share a little bit about yourself or how much you want to share with us. Okay, today. thank you. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that, too. Uh, listen, um, my name is Courtney McBath. I've been serving my church for 31 years. Uh, came here, my wife, Jenny, and I came here uh, as 30-year-olds. To establish CRC, and God has been very gracious to us. He's added to us some very wonderful people who have helped us to, by God's grace, to establish our church and other churches. Uh, we have the responsibility of overseeing a few other churches, and uh, now I'm kind of in a transition. Uh, I'm uh, at the place where I'm, I'm starting to transition our church onto the next pastor and so that'll happen over the next three to five years and i have the privilege now of being the president of virginia bible college and uh which one campus in dumfries virginia and this fall a new campus in norfolk virginia and uh, so i'm excited about that and along with that i lead the calvary leaders network which is one of my primary uh, activities where hundreds of leaders like yourself uh, I take the responsibility of encouraging, strengthening, and coaching uh, leaders. And then, of course, I love to write, and, uh, and so I'm actively writing books, too. So I'm kind of living my dream, and uh, God's been real good to me. And uh, that's that's enough about me. I have uh, my wife and I have been married 40 years. We have five kids, uh, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, uh, five, uh, one, two, three, four grandsons, and another one on the way. 
Awesome, awesome. That is wonderful. Um, so tell us um, a little bit more about leadership. So I know that as a leader and a pastor, who do you look to for inspiration or uh, mentorship, if you will? My, my theory, Sherry, and it's, it's mine. Everybody may not agree with me, uh -huh. but I believe that every pastor should have a pastor. Yes. Every, lead, every leader should have a leader. Exactly. And so I, my, I have had the same spiritual father since I was 17 years old. Uh, so he's been in my life for the last 43 years, almost 44 years. And um, this is the, uh, Bishop Thompson, who started me off in ministry, gave my first opportunity to preach and uh, still with me to this day. And then my pastor is Richard Hilton. Uh, he's been my pastor since I was 26. And so he's been my pastor for the last 35 uh, years. And uh, so I look to them, along with a couple of other mentors and coaches, to uh, keep me sane, keep me straight, keep me saved, and uh, and I think leaders need those guardrails uh, on on their lives to keep us in the road because we can get, you know, we can wild out if we don't have some help, and uh, I think every leader needs that. I totally agree with you. As a pastor and a leader and a bishop, how do you keep your team motivated despite of obstacles and conflicts? You know, Jerry, this past year, as you know, we were talking a little earlier, has been an amazing opportunity to try to keep folks encouraged. Uh -huh. And um, I think the real value of a leader is found in her or his ability to encourage other people. So the primary, I believe the primary work of every leader is to encourage the people who feel that they're their leader. So, of course, that would mean your team, the people around you that are helping to carry the load, making sure they stay encouraged. Now, how do you do that? Well, number one, you pray for them on a consistent basis. And I don't mean just giving uh, lip service to prayer, but I mean, you really pray for people and you ask God to cover them and keep them, watch over them. I think that's critical to us. The second thing I think is you make sure you keep them full of the word and full of truth, yes. uh, exposing them to the revelation of the word as well as good books and other people. No leader can tell and teach people everything. Yes. So you got to keep them exposed to other leaders who can fill in the gaps in the areas where you may not be strong, may not be your area, but there are other people who can jump in and, and help them. I think that's critical as well. And then the, I think the other thing is spending time with them. So we spend time with our leaders and by doing so, it keeps them built up and encouraged and strengthened. Um, I think that's absolutely critical. Now, those are just a few ways where I think that we try to add, we call it adding value to other people. So we do, we try to add value to leaders, especially those who are working alongside us. Uh, the other thing that blesses and keeps leaders encouraged is by letting them lead. Oh. You ever been, you ever been in a situation Sherry, where you were supposed to be the leader, but they didn't let you lead? Yes. <laughs> that's, I have to, that's very yes. discouraging. Yes. And so when people come alongside you to lead, you got to get rid of your insecurities and let them lead, even if they're better <laughs> at things than you are. Yes. You, you, you gotta, you gotta let them lead. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, so I think letting people lead, even if they make mistakes, Yes. you know, we all learn from our mistakes. Somebody let me make mistakes at 17 mm -hmm. preaching. I know I didn't have it together, still don't, but I, I, I really was a mess then. I was a freshman in college. Wow. wow. 
<laughs> so, so, so I think that helps too to keep when when people feel like their gifts are being used and you uh, you uh, compliment them and encourage them. You mm-hmm. don't just point out the areas where they're not measuring up, mm-hmm. but you spend more time pointing out the areas where they're doing well. Yeah. I think that that keeps your team encouraged, and that's a significant part of the work of every leader is to encourage people. Yes, I think that's awesome uh, answer, and I thank you for that. Um, what are um, some of the attributes um, you believe that a leader um, should have to be effective as well as successful, um, especially in um, the kingdom of God and why? Well, you know. I think, Sherry, probably the people that are listening to us today, a lot of them have a ministry, leadership in the kingdom. But, you know, for me, and I'm sure you feel the same, if a person works a secular job, that's still leadership in the kingdom because that's how the kingdom gets expanded. Uh Uh, Now, I said all that just to say that I think the principles of good leadership are principles of good leadership no matter where Uh you are. For me, the first principle of good leadership is preparation. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that probably decimates leadership most often is people who are trying to do it who haven't been properly prepared. Yes, yes. And uh, we let a lot of that slide in the church to our mm-hmm. own detriment. You know, we let people sing who can't. We let people preach who can't. You know, we, we, we let people greet who don't have the smile degree. They should be in security because they can't <laughs> smile. So we need, we need to move them around. It's it's not that we want them off the bus. We just got to get them in their right seat. In the bus. Exactly. exactly. So, so I think preparation is important that we look at what we need. What, do, what does a sister need to be the best leader that she can be? And a good leader will try to help her to get what she needs to grow and develop and become. So I think, so preparation is really one of, and I guess as a college president, you'd expect me to say preparation because I think people ought to take classes. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's the seminary, not the cemetery. Uh, you know, we, we need people to go to school so that we can get rid of illiteracy in the pulpit because some of the people who are teaching don't haven't been taught. Mm-hmm. So preparation is critical in order to be good. And you can't just say, well, God will prepare me because in scripture, God always used people to prepare people. He didn't come down and prepare them himself. Amen. So, so there's no biblical basis for me being self-taught. Um, I have to be taught by, by others. So preparation is critical. And then character, mm-hmm. uh, having the integrity to keep your word, yes. to do what you say you're going to do, the discipline to do that I think is important. So character is a huge attribute. And and the twin for character is discipline. Oh. Um, it's, it's really critical that leaders discipline themselves. I love what Paul tells the Corinthian church. If we judge ourselves, uh-huh. we won't have to be judged. Yes. So I think it's important that we, are, we discipline ourselves. Well, discipline my exercise habits, my eating habits, my sleeping habits, my relationships, all those things need discipline, my words, you know, discipline my tongue. So I think a a leader has to be disciplined, prepared, integrity, Uh uh, disciplined. Uh And then I think the other thing, and it's akin to preparation, Uh and that is a leader has to be excellent. 
Yes. And now I don't believe in perfectionism. Because mm-hmm. uh, most of the people who tell me they're perfectionists usually just people who complain about what everybody else does. You know, mm-hmm. if they're a perfectionist, that means they want me to be perfect. That doesn't mean yes. they are. So, yes. uh, you know, you hear them saying when they come to you, well, you know, I'm a perfectionist pastor, so I expect you to, wait, wait, if you're a perfectionist, you should be the perfect one, not me. You're the perfectionist, not me. Yes. But I, so I don't promote perfectionism. What I do promote is excellence. Awesome. That means we do whatever we do, the best that we can do it. And, um, and and that means leaders will also are people who are open to constructive criticism and feedback. Yes. Um, you know, I, I I hate watching myself preach. I, I just this when I tell you that it's like somebody scraping their fingernails on the on a chalkboard to listen to myself preach. I but I know I have to because you don't get any better if you don't listen to the mistakes you make and see where you can can do better and let other people listen to you Uh that you trust people you trust people Uh that love you and let them give you feedback as well because that's how we improve and we become excellent a lot of people say they're they i'm i believe in excellence Uh but they're the only person judging their excellence Uh so i think it it requires other eyes and ears uh, in order to keep you on that that excellent path. So those are a few attributes. I think leaders ought to be well read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think they, they ought to be exposed mm-hmm. to other thoughts and ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all those things are important. So we, you know, we could, you know, this is what I love. So you know, you know you have to stop me because you know I think can go on and on with this. Yes, um, and I do believe that we need to do this in the spirit of excellence. You know, yes. making yes. sure it is unto the Lord, and, and and sometimes we forget about that. We, we yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what made Esther so powerful as a as a woman in leadership is that excellence that she walked in. And even though she wasn't raised in a palace, mm-hmm. but the excellence that she walked in was over was absolutely overwhelming. Yes. The Queen of Sheba, you know, overwhelming in excellence. And and uh, Joseph, uh, Daniel, mm-hmm. these, these women and men who had a spirit of excellence about them, I think was powerful. Awesome, awesome. So tell me about this, Bishop, because I know this is important, um, but not everyone seems to think so. So how important is it to you for pastors and leaders to take sabbaticals or vacations? Yeah, I, I like this idea that you have, Sherry. People don't talk about this, and I love this this idea that you have, that these topics ought to be talked about in church. And, yes. and oftentimes the topics that we are most quiet about are the ones that we need the most and are most interested in at times as well. Um, I think it's critical. I try to do at least four vacations a year. And so um, I try to every three to four months have some time off. I take a day off every week uh, because, because the Sabbath day was established as a day of rest. Mm-hmm. not necessarily a day of worship. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jews took a few hours to worship, but mm-hmm. they spent all day resting. Mm-hmm. Church folk, 
spent all day worshiping and yeah. only about an hour resting. <laughs> so, and, and we wonder why we fall. We wonder why we fall apart yes. because we haven't had enough rest. Mm -hmm. And so we need to rest because I believe, as I as I'm sure you do, that leading while empty is dangerous. Yes. You know, it's 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 when we're most vulnerable, uh, uh, when we're uh, halt. You know, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Halt. Wow. Hungry, and that could be hungry for more than just food. Uh -huh. <laughs> hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt. When you find yourself in those places, you need to halt because you are opening yourself up to temptation uh -huh. and destruction because of your, and it's not even anything spiritual. The enemy is just undermining you based on a physical or emotional place that you're in. Yes. And we desperately need to rest during those times. Awesome. So that brings me to another question. Um, what advice would you give to a leader or a pastor or a bishop who continues to lead while they're empty. You know, sometimes we just keep going, keep going, and we're exhausted. We have no strength. We're going on our own intellect um, and uh, own skills, and we're not really consulting God. You know, Sherry, I thought about this um, a few months ago, mm -hmm. and it hit me really hard for the first time. Mm -hmm. Genesis says, and God worked for six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Now, if the omnipotent, omniscient, mm. all-knowing, mm -hmm. supreme, alpha and omega yes. said, I'm going to rest, mm -hmm. then my, we if, we, if we then say that we don't need to rest, then we're making ourselves greater than God. That's idolatry. Mm -hmm. mm. So, so I think when we put ourselves in that position, we're making ourselves God because we're not even submitting to the very thing that God did. He rested and then he commanded in the Ten Commandments. The yes. word Sabbath literally means rest. It doesn't mean church. It doesn't mean worship. Sabbath, our word, you used it earlier, sabbatical. Uh -huh. All comes from the same Latin word, the same Hebrew word. It means to rest. Uh -huh. So when leaders don't rest, in my opinion, uh -huh. they're in their, they're operating in the flesh. Yes, I've done it. You've done it. Uh -huh. We've all done it. But uh -huh. it's not healthy, and it has uh, it has long term results that none of us really want to see in our in our personal lives, our business lives, or in our in our in our ministry awesome and that is so true that brings me to living at the next level You're oh, you have it look at you <laughs> all right next level so that everyone can see it uh this is a very um interesting yet informative and powerful book um and I love the, the different um, subtopics that you have in there and how you go in and you, you break it down. Um, I enjoy that. Um, so please um, talk more about your book and also your network, because I did join that as well. Yes. I'm your leadership um, network. Happy to have you as a part of that, too. <laughs> um, and let me I'll tell everybody, if you don't mind, no. um, Jerry, because I don't sell my 
my book. I give it away. So if you go to CourtneyMcBath.com, then you can get the book for free. My publisher has a deal. I've asked them to set up things so that people who want the book can get it. So everybody can have it. I'd love for everybody listening to get a book and then uh, get your friend's email address and go in there and get them a book too. Just uh, just take every book I got. and I'll be, You make me a happy man if you just yes. take all I got tonight. But you can get the book. And then as Sherry alluded to, the Calvary Leaders Network, also at CourtneyMcBath.com, if you'd like to join that, you certainly can. The thing that I like to emphasize is that leading leaders does not mean leading pastors. Mm -hmm. Leading leaders means leading everybody who has influence. Because my mentor, John Maxwell, says that leadership is influence. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has influence. So everybody's a leader. So I just want to help you be better at what you do as a leader, whether you're leading as a, a athletic trainer or a coach or an English teacher or a businesswoman or or, or a, a church ministry leader. Uh, and that website for the book is CourtneyMcBath.com. And so you can go there for the book. Now, the book I wrote years ago, uh -huh. but I rewrote it this, during the pandemic uh -huh. for leaders. And this one is called the Leaders Edition yes. or the Leaders Version. And what I've done is I've tried to set up the chapters and the workbook and the questions so that leaders can grow in their friendship with God. That's really the fundamental uh -huh. piece of the book is growing your friendship with God. And I think in some ways, Sherry, it lines up with your thinking about rest. Because in that friendship, you rest mm -hmm. in God. Yes. And uh, and as you develop friendship, mm -hmm. I think it puts us in a more restful place. Mm -hmm. I love that um, page um, 49, actually, when you talk about the friendship with God, where Abraham, where God called him a friend. And I, I think that's so important because when, you, when you're in friendship with somebody, you don't want to disappoint them. You don't want to hurt them. You want to love on them and encourage them. And so for God to call us friend, I think that is so Awesome. And I think too, Sherry, it also then gives us the okay to rest because mm -hmm. he's our friend, not our taskmaster, yes. not our slave owner. Yes. He's our friend. Yes. And so if he's our friend, he would want us to rest mm -hmm. and take care of our bodies and take care of our minds, take care of our families. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd want us to do those things because we're his friend. Yes. And, uh, you know, Abraham's relationship with him. Remember how God said, I can't even go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah without having a conversation mm -hmm. with my friend. Yeah. I, I got to talk to him. About he didn't say I got to go put him to work. Yes, he said, I got to go talk to him about what I'm about to do, mm. and um, and so I think God really wants us to operate in friendship and learn how to rest in Him. Yes, um, in practical ways, not just saying I'm resting in Jesus while I wear myself out, mm -hmm. but to practically take times and seasons right. to rest. Right, Bishop, I know you don't have much time because you just got in. Um, after being away um, and traveling, um, is there anything you want to leave um, the viewers with at this time um, in regards to leading while empty? Well, you know what? Can I put you on the spot? Yes. Okay. All right. So, so if, <laughs> when you think about leadership, uh, Sherry, for you 
and I'll share mine too. Mm-hmm. What's been your What's been your greatest challenge as a leader? My greatest challenge as a leader is um, <clears throat> being able to um, discern others' thoughts of what they're doing. You know, um, if they have something against me, but yet and still they're inside of, I don't have circles, but I'm going to say circles in, in, um, in reference to this. Um, they get in just to get to me. And I, and I see that. And so, but I still have to lead them according to how God wants me to lead them. I, I, I still have to give them um, what God is saying. I have to deposit into them. I have to download what God has given to me into them. And that's the challenging part. Um, the challenging yeah. part uh, is also going on my own skill and intellect um, and making sure that I seek God before I do anything. And you know, others will say, I have this idea, I want to do this, I want to do that, you should do this, you should do that. And they are disappointed when I can't because I have God to answer to, um, yes. even though it's a good idea. And it, it may be a blessing to others, but if God didn't say so, I can't do it. Yeah, everything that's good is not God. There's yes. a difference between a good idea and a God idea. Yes. Um, and, and I think, Sherry, too, um, the idea that people get close to us as we lead and we're not always sure of their motivations. Uh-huh. Um, but here's one of the things I've learned, Sherry. I've learned that when God brings somebody into my purview, uh-huh. that my responsibility is to lead them, love them and add value to their lives uh-huh. and trust God to protect me uh-huh. from whatever their issues might be. Uh-huh. Um, I think, I think for sisters who lead, it's even it's even more difficult uh, because sisters, in my opinion, their hearts are softer normally and uh, and cared more deeply mm-hmm. oftentimes, and for and and stuff that sometimes males just kind of shrug off that uh, God has wired sisters to pay attention mm-hmm. to, and so I think the protection for men and women who are leading is to know that God's going to watch out for you and protect you. That's the first thing. The second thing is establishing boundaries mm-hmm. for the people who are close. You know, people need to know, okay, where they stand. Mm-hmm. Here's my team. I've got a team that's worked with me on leadership. That's where I get my ideas from. That's who shares me ideas. That, that's not everybody. Mm-hmm. That's not everybody's got my email address. That's <laughs> the people on my team. And yeah. I think when you establish clear boundaries, yes. um, and one of the things I've, 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 I wanted to hear your heart because it would help me to determine what would be best for the audience. Because since you're our leader, then you tend to have a sense of what the audience feels too. So I think what you feel is probably what a lot of the folks who are with us tonight feel. And so having clear boundaries, uh, trusting God to protect you first, then having clear boundaries, uh-huh. uh, Anything that's not written down is not real. Mm. So if it's not written, it ain't real. If you got a vision, it's not written, it ain't real. If you got job descriptions, it's not written, it ain't real. If you got a schedule that ain't on, that ain't written down somewhere, a type somewhere, it ain't real. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn to live like that, and that becomes a protection for us as leaders. Yeah. My greatest challenge is insecurity and lack of confidence. That's mm-hmm. my biggest. That's my challenge. So. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I can I can agree with you on that. I, I have to learn to be confident. Yes, I'm still 
look, old man, still trying to learn how to be yes. confident. Yes. You know, still feel got still get imposter syndrome at mm-hmm. times. You know, I walk in a room and the devil say, You don't belong here. What you doing here? You ain't smart enough to be here. Yes. Look at you. Ain't, ain't no other you ain't no other black people in here. You, you know, the whole and and I'm sure that some of the folks with you tonight deal with that. So what I'm learning to do mm-hmm. is to find my identity in him, in his word. And if he puts me in a place, then I have to be like Esther or Joseph or Daniel. Mm-hmm. I may not feel like I measure up, mm-hmm. but if he puts me in there, then I'm going to go and give it my very best. Yes. And, uh, you know, like Esther said, when she was going to see the king, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to see the king. Yes. So I, I want to encourage you and the folks who are with you tonight to really grasp that idea that God has created you. And y'all have my favorite scripture, Jeremiah 29. Y'all got scripture. Yes. You know, his plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, yes. but to give us a future and a hope. Yes. And um, so I'm standing on that for me. I'm standing on that for you. Okay. I'm standing on that for the people who are with you. And I, I hope in some way, this has blessed you and blessed others. And I'd love to, listen, I'd, I'd love to come back. I would so, love to have you back. So we'll, 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 work it, we'll work it out, Sherry, and I'll come back and we'll take a topic and we'll just run with it, maybe get some questions. Did you get any questions that came in from people out there that uh, you want me to try to answer a question to before I leave? If you guys have any questions, um, please send them through now before we, he leaves us. Um, this is a powerful man of God. Um, you have to watch him also on Sunday mornings. Um, get his book. Um, it's free. Uh, if you have any questions, just um, submit them. I, I saw them. one that came up when we were talking earlier, Sherry. Someone asked, how do you balance ministry and family life? Okay, let's so, see. Oh, so can I, Paula says, yes. How do you balance daily ministry? Daily ministry and family life. So let me set you free, Paula, and everybody else. <laughs> You'll, you'll never be able to balance that. You'll live your life like a woman on a tightrope, always trying to find balance. If you watch a person on a tightrope, they never just say, oh, I got this. Because yeah. when they do, you know what happens? They fall off the tightrope. Mm-hmm. They're always trying to balance. So don't ever let the enemy condemn you because you're not balanced because we're all trying to be balanced. The key is priorities. Mm-hmm. God is first, yes. but ministry is not second. Mm. God second. is first. Mm-hmm. Family is second. Ministry is maybe down a few steps after mm-hmm. spouse, kids, grandkids, ministry. And I think if we can teach people to put God first, mm-hmm. but not put but but not equate God and ministry are not the same thing. They're not synonymous. Uh-huh. So just because you're doing ministry doesn't mean that you're honoring God necessarily if that's out of balance. So I think one of the ways you do that is you, uh, y- y- yeah, me too. I see she said, Paul said, I tried so hard. It never works. Me too. And uh-huh. I've been I've been saved since I was eight years old. I've been trying for 54 years. I'm never totally balanced. I'm always trying to be. And I find areas that I'm not balanced. And I try to get those in the line. But see, I'm operating under the grace of God, mm-hmm. not the con- not the condemnation of God. Yes. 
there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who yes. walk not after the flesh, yes. but after the spirit. So I'm operating in grace. So when I miss it, he's not mad at me. He's just, he's proud of me because I'm still trying and I'm still in there and I haven't walked away. And so I, I want to encourage folks to don't be condemned if you don't have the, if you don't have the balance, because we are all trying to. Like the tightrope person, we're all trying to be balanced. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned about ministry, and I, I believe that's why we get burnt out. Because um, we're putting ministry before everything. We're putting ministry before God. Yes, we um, are. That doesn't work. We are. And if you, you know, if we're the temple of the Spirit, mm -hmm. and you destroy the temple, and what's the spirit going to do for a place to live? Oh, my God. We got the spirit on the street evicted because he can't find a temple to live in because mm. we didn't kill the temple mm. in the name of church, in the name of ministry. We just destroyed the temple. And the spirit saying, you know what? I wanted to go somewhere in you. Mm. I have people I wanted to reach through you, but you've destroyed your body, mm -hmm. um, whether it's through bad habits, not resting, vices. But for most of us Christians, it's just it's just the issue of, of taking the time to rest and learning not to feel guilty when you're tired and not feeling guilty when you need to rest. And 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 so here's my it's my closing thought. <laughs> okay. if, if you if, if you'll if you are if you say, OK, this will be my closing. It's thought. OK, whatever you want to do. The most spiritual word I've I've learned in the last 54 years is the word no. Mm -hmm. No, I can't. No, I'm not able to do that. No, I'm not called to that. No, I, I, I don't don't feel right doing that. That's the most spiritual word. People say yes. You know, we got songs say yes, but we don't have no say no. But saying no is sometimes the most spiritual spiritual thing you'll ever do is to say no. So uh, thank you, ma'am, for this wonderful opportunity to be with you. This has been a real joy for me. I hope I've been a blessing to to you and to your uh, wonderful audience. And, and I hope you I hope you'll have me back. I will have you back. And thank you for the confirmation. I told a friend today that no is a complete sentence. Yes, a complete sentence. And there's an explanation that goes along with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, yes, dear. Thank you. Really um, enjoyed you. Um, but we're going to continue on, but we're going to let okay. you know. And you okay. have a great evening and God bless you. And if you all, if you get questions in, Sherry, email them to me and I'll answer questions that other people may have. Just shoot them to me and I'll send you and I'll send you some answers. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so all much. Right. Okay. Bye, dear. Bye. Okay. Thank you guys for um, sticking with us. Continue to stay with us. I'm going to um, share a um, commercial. We're going to go to a commercial break and I want you to um, support this young lady. She's actually going to be our guest next week. Um, Professor Reverend Dr. Lisa Clayton. Um, she has written another song and it is absolutely um, amazing. I love it. Um, so stay tuned.
download that CD, I had the privilege of hearing the entire uh, CD. I hope I'm not in trouble for sharing that, but it is awesome. And I can't wait for the entire CD to come out. So download that song, He Got Up. It's um, actually right on time for Resurrection Sunday, right? I have joining with me, um, Sister Savanda Latrice is with us tonight. <laughs> How Hello. are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm awesome. How are you? I am well. Um, so we're going to continue on with this topic, Leading While Empty. And um, we're going to talk about some of the signs. And, and so what does Leading While Empty means to you? Just basically exactly what it says, Leading While Empty. When you're empty, you don't have anything else to give. You have given your very last um, Cherie, I know that you know this all too well, and I I, I remember uh, calling you a couple of times and just being just tired. And Cherie, what should I do in this instance? And you're like, okay, Savanda, you got to do X, Y, Z. And sometimes we give so much of ourselves to there is nothing left for ourselves or our family. And it's it's funny that the Lord had given me this word to share with someone. Um, and he basically said, it can wait. There's certain things in our lives that can wait. And we have to prioritize those things that can wait. And as uh, Bishop Macbeth said earlier, no. I read a book that is called uh, Saying No and Living to Tell About It. The word mm -hmm. no is a lifesaver. And so when leading, if you leading while empty again, you're not good to anyone, not even yourself. You will be having conversations and have checked out the conversations. People will be talking to you and all you do is, all you're doing is seeing their lips moving. You don't know how to process what they're saying because you have so many things going on in your head. So many things are pulling you to the left. So many things are pulling you to the right. You don't know which way to go. And um, so that's what happens when you leave while you're empty. So when you're leading like that, you need to rest and you need to regroup and you need to get refilled. And we all can stand to have a refilling because we all need that. We all need that time. Now for me, as you know, I do 50 million things and I've learned now to prioritize, as I said, what can wait. People calling the telephone or whatever the case may be. I have a voicemail that I have had on uh, my a voicemail for about 10 years. I don't know if you got that voicemail where I said, this is Savanda Latrice. Uh, please leave me a message. If it's an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. Because, hey, if it's an emergency and I'm in the middle of something, there's nothing I can do about it. So please hang up my phone and call 911 because there is somebody out there that can help you and you don't have to do it all. There's always someone out there that can do what you do. So I'm just so grateful for that. That's true. I have that same voice message, actually. If this is an emergency, please hang up. <laughs> um, and I had to learn that the lack of poor or planning for others is not my emergency. Mm -hmm. And um, I was listening to a podcast Monday night. Um, 
we had Monday night service on that that podcast, but it was a really um, great um, topic. It was it was talking about boundaries as well, and the gentleman that was speaking talked about Humpty Dumpty, and mm-hmm. and the way he broke down Humpty Dumpty was so um, it was such an illustration, right? Because Humpty Dumpty knew he shouldn't have gotten on the wall because he was fragile. Right. Mm. And he also mentioned how Humpty Dumpty didn't stay in long enough because once you keep an egg in, right, when you're boiling, it gets hard. Well, he got out too soon, but then he's calling for help because he got up there somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. And so we have to learn that everyone else's emergency is not our emergency. And that's how we get burnt out um, Mm -hmm. because we're trying to to please everybody. And I had to learn that everyone is not my assignment and everything is not my ministry. Um, there are different people who are designed for things like that. And not saying that I'm not helpful, I am, but I also had to know what is important and what isn't so that I don't get burnt out. Because if I'm burnt out, I'm no good as a leader. And you're no good to your son, you're no good to your family. I see a comment with Paula saying that she has a friend who always says he wants to die empty. And I don't think that particular person really understands um, and not not bashing them or anything or her or anything. They, They don't understand the importance of it. And you guys hit on it earlier. I I practically was born in the church. So I've been a church girl all of my life. Uh-huh. And now I had to deprogram my mind. And you said it earlier, Cherie, and Dr. Beth uh, said it also. Um, we're doing more of idolizing than um, worshiping God because we're church, 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 church. Every time the church doors open, we're there. But there's been times, um, there's been a time where there's been times, sorry, recently where I've gone to church and I had to repent. And the reason why I had to repent is because I'm too tired. I was too tired to do anything. I was no good to God, no good to myself. You understand what I'm saying? And so who am I there for? Am I there to work my fingers to the bone or am I there to serve God and have a purpose and so again, when we're leading while empty, we can't lead while we are tired. We can't lead while we have sleep and sick and all kind of things are going on. God is not in that. That's not God. That is us trying to people please. And most of the time we're trying to say, oh, the more work I do, the better I am. That's not going to guarantee you a seat in the kingdom just because you're doing all the works. We can't get into the kingdom works alone. We can't win souls being empty. We can't win souls being burnt out. And so in order to win souls, we got to be well rested. I'm going to tell you something. I got to show it to you so you can laugh and y'all can laugh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what happened to me today while I was running on empty, right? <laughs> so you see this airing and I, I went on live because I had to do a live today, right? You see this, right? You see, I have the pearl earrings in, right? And I was changing from this earring, but for some reason, I was so tired and I got caught up that I forgot to change this earring to the pearl earring. And when I went to do live, I looked in the mirror and I said, you're tired. 
because who wears two mixed up air airing? So now that's letting me know, girl, you got to pull yourself together. You got to rest. You got to relax yourself because when you are ready to do something, you're looking busted and disgusted and you're looking crazy. And people see that. People in the world see that. And so in order for us to convey the message of Christ, we want people to know that Christ, as um, Bishop Macbeth said, that uh, he rested. He, God rested. And Jesus, when he went away, he got away for a reason. To rest. Am I right? Mm -hmm. He didn't get he didn't get away just to keep working. He would have need strength. So when we pour out, now I, I know that God doesn't require me to be in church 24-7. Now you see me have more of a balanced life. You see me going out places. You see me do a little more vacations. I would say Bishop Macbeth was saying, but um, I hope I'm saying his name right. Macbeth. Bishop Macbeth. Macbeth. I'm saying it right. Okay, good. Cause you know my country kick in every once in a while. Um, so I, I I'm I'm looking for a cake now and saying, okay, Savanda, uh, it's time for you to take a break because now when you don't take a break and you leave while you empty, let me tell you something. You begin to snap at people. You will begin to be angry. You begin to regret the things that God has given you to do. Then you start to rethink it and you like, well, God, did you really give me this? Yes, he did. But you have to take the time to know that every assignment, and, and I know you guys say it, say it on the show all the time, it's not your assignment. Every ministry is not your ministry. Just because you can do it don't mean that you need to be the person to do it. So there is always somebody else that can do something. And you don't want to be that person that's taking on everything because that means that you are going you're going to be tired. So you don't want to, you don't want to do that because every time you take on something, you don't want to be that person to take it on. Right. I'm a professional napper and I will take a nap in a minute. Why? Because my mind constantly goes, there's things that's being downloaded. Um, and so I'm trying to write as quickly as God is speaking. I keep a journal by my bed. Um, and then I need to, I had to start learning how to rest well. We go to sleep, but we don't rest. Why? Mm -hmm. Because our mind is always going. And I learned that if I don't stop to take a break, to regroup and allow God um, to deposit in me and allow me to rest in him, you know, go to sleep. Over my bed is give it to God and go to sleep. Now, when I look at it, I say, give it to God and rest. Because well, sleeping and resting are two different things. Two different so things, yeah. Now, um, to rest and to rest in him. That means allowing him to do whatever it is that he wants to do. And we give it to him and we leave it there. And um, if we don't um, allow God to continue to refill us, then we're going to run out. You, you have a car, right? If, if, if you constantly drive in that car and you don't stop for gas or you don't even stop for maintenance to get maintenance when it's time to get maintenance, that car is not going to work for you very long. And that's the same thing with our body. Um, there was a commercial years ago. Um, they don't show it anymore. I think a lot of people were offended by it, but it was a really important message. And a man was at work and he was just working and his heart jumped out and just started running. He's like, wow. the heart was like, you can keep working, but I'm, I'm out of here. And mm -hmm. we have to learn how 
to, to rest properly. If we don't, then we're no good for anyone else and everything goes lacking. We forget which earring we were going to wear. Sometimes I've gone out the house with uh, two different shoes on, doing the same <laughs> thing, which one <laughs> is best. Um, and then I forget to change back into the one that I've chosen. So we, we do that because we're not getting the rest that we need and we're constantly leading on empty. And I think too, Cherie, that it's okay, like you said earlier, to say no. Mm -hmm. And for years, a friend of mine, we always say no just means the next option. And even when um, I can I can truly tell you that people have no problem telling us no, right? Because <laughs> I mean, they to me they get joy out of saying no. But we for so many years, you and I have been yes women, like yes to everything. And again, we're not doing God a disservice by saying no. He's not upset with us because we say no. And a lot of times, people may get upset with us, but that means they're truly don't care about us. They don't care about our rest. They just care about what we can put out. And any person that is in a leadership position and you have someone that is in your circle that get upset when you say no, that means that person don't even belong in your circle. And you need to rethink those people that are around you. And I, I honestly, Sheree, I, I commend you because, you know, I always keep it real and I'm always transparent and open. And even when you and I work together, you said, Savanda, you're doing so much and you are so gracious in saying, I relieve you or any commitments that you have made to me, you know, because I see that you do too, so much. And I, I, I was brought to tears when I saw that message and I said, Man, that made me want to just shuffle everything else out the way and clear my schedule and push stuff aside because you cared enough about me to say, Savanda, I understand that you committed to do certain things with me, but I still understand that you have your ministry and that you're busy and that you're doing a lot of things. And I said, you know what, Cherie, mm -mm. what you're doing is important. And it goes back to prioritize everything. Every project is not a project that we should take on, but if it's going to um, be uh, something that is going to help someone and something that in the long run that is going to make a difference and we can shuffle things around, then we do have that choice. And so that's what we have to start doing. We have to, again, prioritize. Can it wait? Uh, should I do this? And prayer. And don't be afraid to tell someone, I'm going to get back to you. I have to check my schedule because before we become it, before we usually just, and this for me, I usually just answer right off the bat. And then it looks like I'm a liar when I can't keep that commitment because I've said yes to everybody from Monday to Sunday and not saying, well, let me check my schedule. I'll get back with you. And it's okay to say that because that's going to help you function as a leader um, in ministry, even as a leader in your home, especially if you have children, grandchildren. Um, I'm looking to be married soon, so I have to clear some of the things in my schedule. No, I don't have nobody just yet, Cherie, but I'm, I'm talking that thing out. So I have to have room for my husband. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we have to start making room for people 
that are important in our life or we're not going to be married or you, you, you know what I mean? And we're not going to be good to anyone, as I stated earlier, not even ourselves. Amen. Amen. I just want to um, share this again um, for those who would like to get um, Bishop Macbeth's book. Um, it's at CourtneyMcbeth.com. It's a free book. Um, just submit your email address and um, you'll receive a book in the mail. Also, uh, check out his network that he has for leaders. It's, 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 a, good, um, it's a good network. Um, we're going to take another little quick commercial break and we'll be right I have with me Savanda Latrice joining me as um, Bishop had to leave. He had just gotten back into town after traveling. Um, so we thank you for staying with us and joining us thus far. So it's um, we're talking about leading while empty um, and how important it is to actually rest. Um, it, it requires us to rest as well so that we're not continuing to lead while um, we're empty. I know for a lot of, a lot of times, um, for me, I was going on my own intellect, my own strength, um, my own skill, and realizing I was getting burnt out. And so when I start, you know, allowing God to lead and allowing God to give me instruction, um, then I had more energy and, um, I was able to go on, you know, and I was able to get my refilling because we have to stop and refill. I'm so glad that in the beginning he said that every pastor needs a pastor, every leader needs a leader. And I can't stress that enough. We need to have someone that we can go to for inspiration, someone as a, a, a mentor that can deposit into us and to hold us accountable because if we don't, we're going to fall, right? Amen. Do we have any questions? Did you guys leave us? Are you still here? Any comments or questions that you have for us? Now that you have me, you can ask me anything you want. <laughs> I am here to answer anything you would like to know about me, about um, the ministry that God has um, placed in, on, on, on me right now. You can ask me that. 
Can I ask you any questions, Savanda? Tell us about what you're doing right now because you're doing a plethora of things. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, my latest um, adventure right now is um, <laughs> have have a handsome Easter. <laughs> so, doing glaze hand for Easter, of course. Um, I do want to say this, Sharia, a thought that came to me um, earlier about uh, second guessing yourself and um, just second guessing what God has given uh, you to do. I uh, was um, the the reason why I said that is because of the glazed ham. That may seem simple, right? Mm -hmm. But what is about that is God has given me the vision and the idea to do glazed ham for Easter, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, am I going to be too tired to do this? Or is this something I really want to do? And I said, oh, nobody is going to buy glazed ham. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to waste my time. And then a sister came along on Saturday at Women's Weekend. And she said, Savanda, would you make glazed ham for me? And uh -huh. I'll pay you for Easter. I said, okay, right away. I said, God, please forgive me. Because now I don't have... It goes back to leading while empty, right? So sometimes when we're leading while we're empty, we are uh, leading while we're empty and have so much time for other people and other people's things that we neglect our very own things. Now, regardless if I was tired or too tired to do it, I sometimes am so tired that I still do other people things. And one thing I want to say to people, never second guess what God has given you to do and never be too tired to do what God has given you to do for your own ministry. You can work and lead and do everything else for everybody else's ministry, but never be too tired to do what he has called you to do. And I'm looking at Paula's um, question, what do you ladies do for self-care when you're feeling burnt out? I go get I go um in the same city city and I go get myself a, a hotel and I go to sleep because as long as I'm home someone is going to come they're going to call me they're going to bother me and when I tell people oh I'm going away I'm about to shut my phone off it don't always be away it just be like the next city over I just drive 20 minutes away get a hotel room and just rest. But nobody knows that because I, I just said that I'm going away. And sometimes you can't take an expensive vacation, but you have to have time for yourself. So basically, you just regroup. Take a drive if you can't go away. Take a drive by the water, sit for 15, 20, 30 minutes, and um, just basically get your thoughts together. That's something that I particularly do. I, I've done the same thing. I've gone to the airport and got me a room and I didn't even bring my laptop, anything. And I just relaxed and rested. Um, just getting outside of my atmosphere. Um, another thing I've learned for self-care is to mind my business. Um, I used to get so worked up when, no, you shouldn't do that. And I'm, I'm concerned about, you know, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> um, I've learned to, to just simply just if it doesn't concern me, don't bother it. I pray and I let it go. Um, I've also just learned to sit still for a long time. I couldn't sit still and, and be in silence. I always had to have like some music playing in the background. I like smooth jazz and I love worship music and I'll have that playing in the background. And I've learned now to sit in silence and just listen mm -hmm. to God's still small voice. 
and that gives me um, strength. And so that's what I do um, for self-care. Um, I also go and get myself pampered, get my nails done, get my feet done, getting my hair done. So those are some of the things that I do. Um, here's a question. Of course, this will be such a profound question from Creef. Um, <laughs> how does a person rest who doesn't know how to rest? Your, I can tell him how your body will shut down on you and make you rest. Ask me. I don't know how to rest, Ray. I promise you. Everybody keeps saying, well, how are you doing this and how are you doing that? When your body starts shutting down, which mine does, that's a sign that God will lay me down. And sometimes it's through sickness. Sometimes it's through, um, basically, I just can't go anywhere that day. Like, I, I just can't do it. And everything has to shut down. So that's basically um, how I rest. Um, for me, it's baby steps. It's like I shared, I didn't know how to rest. Um, you know, because I had to learn the difference between sleep and rest. I can be awake and still be at rest. And so it's something that you're going to have to learn to do is just to know that you can't handle everything. And when things begin to overwhelm you, just stop and breathe and, um, and look to God. And those who don't know the Lord, then they would just have to find that place for them that brings them peace, whether it's at the, um, you know, parking near some water or going to the beach or whatever it is that calms your spirit. Um, for me, it's it's Holy Spirit who, who calms me and gives me that rest and assurance. Um, and you know what, Cherie, too, mm -hmm. um, to add to that, also, um, when you're an entrepreneur and you work for yourself, mm -hmm. um, you have to learn to set schedule hours for yourself, schedule breaks. And sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. You said it earlier, take baby steps. Um, even when, if it starts with 15 minutes of just totally shutting off your phone, not answering any calls, not talking to anyone, and making sure that you take care of you, get a bite to eat, get something to drink. Mm -hmm. And that 15 minutes is all about you. That's rest. Like you said, you don't have to be sleeping to rest, but you just took a moment to sit back and relax. And it goes back to say that it can wait. And the reason why it can wait, because when you're dead and gone, all of those bills, all of those people that are demanding your time, everything that is around you, they're still going to be going on when you're dead and gone. And so that's why when you put in your mind, it can wait, it truly can wait. So you have to make sure that you make time for yourself, make sure that you have that me time. Like I said, even if it's just 15 minutes, mm -hmm. um, starting to take 15 minutes a day and then it'll turn into 30 minutes and then it'll turn into an hour. Then it turned into, I'm going to take the whole day off, <laughs> you know? And so it, baby steps is definitely key, I sure. Yes, and I've also um, penciled myself into my schedule. Um, and so I've given myself two hours. So if I want to sit and twiddle my thumbs, if I want to sit with my feet up, if I want to sit and have my favorite beverage, ginger ale with um, lemon um, or some cranberry juice, I will do that. Um, 
just penciling yourself in to do whatever it is that you want to do. That's your time to regroup. That's your time to do whatever it is that you want and not be interrupted. Just because you are available doesn't mean that you are available, right? You're doing nothing doesn't make you available. That's your time. And we have to learn that that's our time and we have to make people respect our time. You know, Um, well, you're not doing anything or, you know, people would use if you're not one who isn't working, um, you know, you're not working so you can do this. No, I can't. You know, um, so you just have to set boundaries. If you can, you can. But if you cannot, then you, you just don't. And you have to be OK with that. Again, he talked about earlier. Bishop Macbeth is saying no. You know, I've said this for a minute now that no is a complete sentence. And I've learned uh, the word no. I appreciate the word no. I think when I turned 40, I just I just didn't care anymore. Um, what people thought. And part of my problem of not resting and keep going is because I always wanted to please everybody. I cared what they thought. Now I don't. Um, My only concern is what God thinks of me. And so if God is okay with it, then I'm okay with it. Well, it, it goes back to people really caring for you and not being selfish. Um, Cherie is if you can't accept, accept the word no and um, be okay with it, then it's okay because that's on you. I told you earlier, if you will get a million no's and we will give two million yeses to those million no's, right? And so we have to learn to say no like other people say no. People say no to us all the time and don't feel guilty. So why should we feel guilty when we say no? That's something within you. It's not within the other person. And so learning to say no is is a lifesaver. It will save your life. And you got to practice it. Sometimes you got to get in the mirror and just say no, 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 no. And let somebody else do it. Because again, we're not super women, you know, and we have a family. We have our, even if we don't have a family even if right now all of children are grown. So it's, it's basically um, me and I'm okay with that. But I'm going to say no if I want to and you're not going to make me feel otherwise. And so, right. <laughs> but thanks for this opportunity, Cherie. I know time is uh, well spent, but I'm, I'm excited. Hi, Chelsea. She's so sweet. <laughs> she is. Um, you, you said something and then we can close um, about... Um, it will literally save your life and it will. Um, I teach my son, cause he's so helpful. He, he go to help at any given time. If he hears something and he'll stop what he's doing and he'll run to go see what happened and if I'm okay. And although I love that about him and he has a heart to help, I also have to let him know, and he's listening. He's in the other room on YouTube <laughs> watching this. But um, he, I have to teach him that, you know, trying to help if it's going to hurt you and you're, you're not able to do it, you can't, even though you desire to. You know, God cares about that person as well, and God will send the right help. But we have to make sure that we're not overdoing it. Mm-hmm. You know, overdoing it will cause us to, to, to lose our life, right? Um, and let me clear that up, not leaving on that note. If we're not careful 
and we mm-hmm. keep running to help everyone and neglect ourselves and our responsibilities that will cause us to miss out and it will cause us to have stress. Stress is a silent killer. It will cause us to have strokes. It will cause us to have heart attacks if we're not taking care of ourselves. So it's important that we drink plenty of water. It's important that we, um, you know, go for walks, um, take vitamins at the age of 50. Now I'm, I'm, I'm taking vitamins, um, that (laughs) I didn't think I should, I would be taking right now, but we're taking vitamins. I'm taking vitamins, I should say, um, to, to keep myself healthy and strong because um, I do have an 11 year old. But if you guys don't have any more questions for us, we are going to close. But before we do, stay tuned because I do want to share something else with you. Okay. You're like a circle that floats around me, keeping me safe and sound. And when I fall, you tied a rope to me. You're blessing me every day. I was down with an illusion, like a sparrow with broken wings. But now I shine with your reflection on me. I'm getting back up on my feet. taking zinc, um, cod liver, um, E, um, what else am I taking? Um, C, and I know I should be probably getting multivitamins, but when you get multivitamins, you don't get all the the nutrients that you're supposed to get from um, those vitamins. And I'm taking one for my heart, Um, Paula. I can't um, remember the name. It begins with a C, but I will um, take a picture of it and text it to you. Okay, so that's what I'm taking. Um, yeah, so zinc for my eyes, cod oil, and you know, C to to be um, healthy so we don't get this virus, right? Um, <laughs> someone was saying um, hi to you. 
Hi, Lorna. <laughs> Lorna everywhere. Um, we're not friends, though, but I see her. We have a lot of friends in common. Hi, Lorna. Um, yes. So we're going to close out if there's nothing else that you guys have um, for us. We thank you for staying tuned um, to this podcast, even though um, our, our guest speaker had to leave. Um, we wish you will come back next week. We have Reverend Professor Lisa Clayton to join us for an hour of worship. Um, I hope she does a little ministering as well. She can do both. I mean, she's she's a powerful and mighty woman of God, and we're so honored that she um, will be a part of our podcast. She is a recording artist. Um, you did hear one of her songs earlier. Um, and, and for a long while, our closing um, outro did have her song. We, we since changed it back to ours, but we had her song because it was so fitting for um, the podcast. Um, it's um, called Destiny. Um, so you need to just get the CD um, when it's available. She is awesome. And so we thank you all. Lorna um, is an awesome gift to the body of Christ. Awesome. And Paula, you are too. Paula is, yes, she is. <laughs> such a blessing. Um, she's always networking and getting people together. Um, and we're together with people we have never met that are, you know, different parts of uh, the, the, the country. <laughs> um, so we thank you, Paula, for being such an awesome gift to the body of Christ. We thank you, Lorna, for being an awesome gift to the body of Christ as well. So we thank you guys for um, staying tuned with us. We love you. We appreciate you. And um, we're looking forward to seeing you here again next week at 7 p.m. If the Lord delays his coming, we will be back. Thank you, um, Savanda, for uh, joining us tonight. I really, really appreciate you stepping in. It was like you, when I learned that he can only be in half an hour tonight, I was just... Mm -hmm. I was like, you, your, your text came in right on time. So I appreciate you. And I know that was God um, sending help when I needed. That was the um, the ram in the bush. So I thank you. Um, good night, everyone. And um, good night. <laughs> remember to get some rest. Take care of yourself. Self-care is the best care. Okay. Good night. Good night. Please join us again next week for another riveting segment of his will.